Welcome into Tertio Times, the podcast. I'm J.V. Scott, here with the midweek installment. Ken is on vacation, so I'm joined by the awesome Blaine Greasack. And, you know, I'm still riding that high from that Baker Mayfield comeback and historic final drive, 98 yards to win the game against the Raiders on Thursday night football. Uh, Blaine, what were your thoughts whenever Mayfield took that, uh, you know, that punt to the two-yard line, Mayfield comes onto the field? What was your confidence level that the Rams are going to come out on top? Um, at the time, not very. And then um, they, got, they got a couple of calls that went their way. Finally, it was very, um, I wouldn't say it was the referee's brightest game or best game. That's for sure. Um, so they, they finally got some calls that went their way and um, took advantage of it. And by the, by the time it was over, I was having John L.A. vibes. Yeah, it was awesome. And, you know, all those Raiders fans, they were feisty in SoFi Stadium. They were loud the whole game, outnumbering all the Rams fans. But Hey, they were pretty quiet by the end of it, weren't they? And, you know, I was pretty strangely confident when the Rams took the field. And then you saw, yeah, the interception that came back. And no matter what, the you know, calls went both ways. And probably both fans are angry at the officials. But uh, whatever your thoughts were, the, the officials are probably just too involved in that game, right? But, you know, then you have the big Ben Skronik catch uh, down the sideline. And then, you know, Baker Mayfield hits Van Jefferson with the single high coverage uh, for the game-winning touchdown. So exciting. And, so awesome for Rams fans and you know, snaps a big six game losing streak. So uh, the Rams are on the back, the right side of the wind column on this one. So uh, Baker Mayfield, now the NFC offensive player of the week. And he did it in, you know, a, a time frame that comes with big games from Jared Goff, Brock Purdy and Jared and Jalen Hurts. So a big week for the Rams new quarterback. And it's just a matter of can he keep it going? So uh, Blaine, where does this rank in your favorite Rams memories? Um, yeah, it, I would definitely wouldn't put it like in the top 10 or anything, but I, I think it's kind of in line with like, um, kind of like those wins from like 2007 to 2009 where the Rams just weren't very good. And, um, just he kind of like th- those wins kind of gave you like a, a, a bright spot, especially, you know, coming off of a six game losing streak, um, Rams just signed Baker Mayfield and there was some, uh, some controversy among the fan base with, with that signing and he leads a 98 yard touchdown drive, which is awesome. So I think it's just kind of one of those. Um, wins that I'll remember from this season. Um, it, a, a bright spot of that season, I would say. That's good. So you're probably in the, the frame of thought where it's a Kelvin Clemens goal line with Jeff Fisher, but this time the Rams got it done and it's exciting uh, in a lost season. But, you know, I was in person for the game and I think, you know, I don't get to go to a lot of Rams games, but I put it up right next to their, you know, last game in St. Louis, just in my recent memory, because, uh, well, wow, it just gave you something to be exciting about and, you know, pretty awesome. But you wrote this week that, you know, no matter how Baker Mayfield performs in the final four games with the Rams, his future is not in Los Angeles in 2023. So you kind of want to go into some detail in what your thought process is there. And I know you dropped a lot of numbers and how the cap space looks kind of grim for the Rams next year and moving forward potentially. So maybe the Rams can't afford a premium investment in a backup. But what are your thoughts there, Blaine? Um, yeah, so I, th- I think this, this, this is kind of twofold, you know, if, if, if Staff, there's been some talk about maybe Stafford retiring this year, and if Stafford ret- retires this year, then depending on how many field finishes, finishes, finishes these next four games and a hundred percent, you bring him back. But, but let's just say hypothetically that, you know, St- Stafford is back next year and let's work from there. And my thought press, my thought process is, you know, all, all season, um, all season, 
we, we Rams fans have been talking about wanting a an offensive lineman, um, an edge rusher, and I mean Baker's not going to come back for two and a half million dollars. And I mean he's going to cost probably somewhere on the somewhere in the somewhere in the realm of six to ten ten million. And that's an offensive guard. That's a potential depth edge rusher. Um, that's these are positions that Rams have needed all season long. So um, you can draft draft somebody, bring in a cheaper. Um, a cheaper backup quarterback and free agency potentially, but in terms of bringing back Baker Mayfield, I, I just think it's too it, it's a it's a poor um, it, 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 it's, it's it's a poor use of the limited resources that they have, and uh, and then you know you look at the Rams past twenty twenty three, you know what's what's the Rams look like? Um, Sean McVay potentially goes to broadcasting. Aaron Donald's probably retires. Jalen Ramsey is probably gone. So you know, is Los Angeles really even like a long term? Um, solution for Baker Mayfield that, that I, I I honestly don't know. So um, these next four games, I, I say enjoy them because they, they they could be fun like they, like it was on Thursday. But I just don't see much of a future. Yeah, and it's hard to get caught up in the excitement of Thursday night and the Rams winning and Baker Mayfield really coming through in the clutch. But uh, it's a very sobering point that you make, and it's it's a good one. So uh, something to keep in mind certainly. And you know the Rams have never really had the situation under Sean McVay where they needed to go to their backup. For an extended period of time and if Matthew Stafford was just out for a game or two you, you might be able to trust John Wolford who knows the offense like the back of his hand he's been here four years you might be able to trust him to fill in for a short time but you know whenever you're talking about half a season he's really been exposed in a big way and you know Baker Mayfield instantly was an upgrade in terms of arm talent where he's able to access all areas of the field and that's you know it's good for these younger Rams receivers like Tutu Atwell, Ben Skronik and even Van Jefferson where you know they're getting reps in real time Versus, you know, Atwell, when he had two or three steps on, you know, in the Seahawks game, right? And against Tariq Woolen. And John Wolford makes such an awful pass that that's a close to an interception instead of a sure touchdown. So it's good for these Rams receivers to work with the NFL caliber quarterback and really allows the Rams to go back to the drawing board and say, if we're going to be a contending level team, we need a quarterback who can, you know, keep us afloat for three to four games, maybe not just a game or two band aid. And uh, we'll see what the Rams do moving forward. I wouldn't mind someone like Drew Locke, uh, maybe a cheaper option who can still access all areas of the field, has a big-time arm, maybe make some head-scratching decisions. But what backup doesn't from time to time, right? So if you're looking to pinch some pennies, maybe he's a good option. But I think, you know, with Kyler Murray going down for the year, with Jimmy Garoppolo going down for the year and them not know, not knowing what they have in Trey Lance yet, you know, there's maybe a chance that Baker Mayfield stays in this division. So uh, we'll see what happens, but do you have any guesses on where Mayfield might end up in 2023, Blaine? Um, yeah, I, I think he'll definitely have a market. I mean, you look at um, look at the New York Jets. I mean, they're, they they've had some issues this, this year with um, with with Zach Wilson. Do, do they bring in Baker Mayfield, and um, is he someone that, that can that can kind of keep them afloat and, and you know let they 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 are a team that's probably a quarterback away from being a being a pretty decent contender. So, um, you know, is he quarterback and kind of let that defense take over, but not hold the offense back? Um, you look at, um, I, 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 I think, I think there's, I mean, there's, there's, there's going to be several quarterback needy teams, but the, the, the Jets are one that, that immediately come, come to mind is um, a place where he would probably compete for the starting job and potentially, and potentially win it um, potentially. Yeah. And there's some parallels between the offense that the Rams run the offense of the Jets run and what Mayfield's used to from his time with the Browns with Kevin Stefanski. So uh, very similar type of offense. He uh, used a lot of play action and, you know, he was stellar on play action on Thursday night, able to find Tutu Atwell and others on those throws. So uh, 
I think it's time for us to decide and evaluate Mayfield over these final four games, but also time to set some realistic expectations for him. So, you know, we're not going to see the magic like we saw Thursday night every single week. Uh, maybe he's going to come back down to earth a little bit, but certainly we should expect to be an upgrade over John Wolford and Bryce Perkins. And, you know, maybe we can, he can build some chemistries with these younger receivers, but uh, what are realistic expectations for Mayfield? You, know, you got the Packers, got the Chargers on deck, the Seahawks too. So uh, how do you think he'll fare against those teams? Um, I think he can fare all right. You know, if the, the, I think we'll see some more of the 2017 version of the Rams offense. Like, like you've seen the last couple of games where, you know, you get a lot of play action, which is where Baker quite honestly excels. Um, you know, you'll get the John Wolford version of the offense, but you get, you, you, you mentioned it earlier, you know, a couple of weeks against the Seahawks, Wolford under three at two to Atwell. But Baker has a better arm and can hit those hit those deeper throws. So you know, realistic, realistically, you know, run the offense smoothly, get the ball in the hands of you know, two to Atwell and Ben Skronik to evaluate some of this young talent. And if Rams can, you know, do enough, if if Baker can run the offense well enough to evaluate the, what to allow the Rams to evaluate what they have, and Baker plays well enough to earn them a comp pick, I, I consider the a, a late signing like this to be to be a success. Yeah, and you're probably going to have to turn over that entire backup quarterback room anyways. Why not reap some rewards and Mayfield signing somewhere else? And you know, maybe it's a fourth-round pick. Maybe it's a fifth-round pick in 2024. But we've seen the Rams you know, hit on some of those players, even though you know some of those drafts in recent, his- in recent years look kind of questionable at this point. But uh, you know, it's always a lottery-type uh, selection. When You never know what you're going to get out of those players. And you might get a four-year starter with the pick you get from Baker Mayfield. And it costs you $1.3 million to claim him on waivers. That's really all you lose. So, and he's a day one upgrade over John Wolford and Bryce Perkins in that regard too. So uh, we'll see where this goes. And, but at the, at the very least, you know, the season's interesting again, it's fun to talk about the Rams. It's fun to watch the Rams and they have a Monday night football contest coming up against the green Bay Packers where, you know, it's going to be a showdown between Aaron Rodgers and Baker Mayfield. So uh, I think maybe, a matchup of two younger receiver cores. You got Tutu Atwell, Ben Skronik, Van Jefferson with the Rams, Christian Watson, Romeo Dubs with the Packers. Which receiving core would you, if you were starting a team today, maybe would you go with moving forward, Blaine? Um, that's that, that, that's is Cooper Cup healthy? I'll, I'll ask you that at first. I mean, you know, Christian Watson's really come on lately, and that's really exciting. Going to be a tough matchup for the Rams and Jalen Ramsey, of course, right? But you know, how much of his success is schematic versus, uh, you know, you know, Ben Skronik, his former seventh round pick, really had a big game, his best career game with Mayfield already in one uh, contest. So uh, to well, a top 10 graded receiver in terms of PFF grade, you know, extremely small sample size, of course. But, uh, you know, you have to feel good about the gems the Packers have found. Watson in the second round, Dubs in the third or fourth round this year. Uh, probably a really exciting development for them, to, whether it's Aaron Rodgers or Jordan Love throwing in the football. I think I go with Green Bay squad. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I think that that's, that's probably where I would lean to. Uh, Christian Watson, he's he's really come on the last last probably six to eight weeks or so. Um, really, sh- he he was an insane athlete coming out of, out of Notre, um out of North Dakota. Sorry, and um, the, you're you're starting you're starting to see that a little bit. Um, you know, as soon as as soon as Rogers, I think starts starts to get some chemistry with these receivers, if he's around next year, uh, I think this could be a team that's kind of back in back in contention. Makes sense. And how does Ben Skronik's big game? You know, I think eight catches, eighty six yards for him on Thursday night. How does that change your evaluation of him and maybe his role moving forward in twenty twenty three? Does he does he have a ceiling of wide receiver two as a complimentary piece to Cooper Cup, or is he better served as being maybe wide receiver number four, contributed times, also rotational fullback type player? 
Yeah, you know, he, he's definitely grown on me a little bit this year. You know, he went from, you know, fans, including myself, not really wanting him to be on the roster going into this year. And last week he's mossing Nate Hobbs on the game winning drives um, to, 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 to win the game. You know, I think his ceiling is likely Josh Reynolds is like, you know, that, that wide receiver four, which is, which is fine. You know, he can step in as that wide receiver two if needed, like he, like he has uh, with the injuries that the Rams have had at, at at wide receiver this year, but I don't think he's that guy that you want consistently at wide receiver too. So if if he's your wide receiver four, I'm 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 fine with that. He's 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 developed really nicely as what was he a six, a six former six round pick. Yeah, and really in today's NFL, you have to be four wide receivers deep, and with the Rams running a lot of eleven personnel with three wide receivers, you have two guys. You know, you're paying Allen Robinson and Cooper Cup to be every down type players. Really, that third guy can be rotational whether it's Skoranek, Kutz Watwell, or Van Jefferson. And, you know, based on the situation of the game or the game script as it dictates, maybe if you're running, you're trying to run out the clock, you put Skoranek in who can also rotate down to fullback and, or you're behind, maybe you put in Atwell who's, you know, only going to run routes, not really going to help you as a blocker. So it's just something to think about moving forward, but uh, definitely you should feel more encouraged about Skoranek this year than what you saw a year ago. It's good for him to get all these targets. Whenever you think about it being a wasted or lost season, potentially, uh, it's going to be important developmental year for a lot of these younger guys. And confidence is a hell of a drug, right? And that goes for both Skronik and Atwell, where you know At- Skronik couldn't catch a cold last year, had the drop in the Super Bowl that turned into an interception, right? And this year now he's you know jumping over guys to make huge catches in the biggest moments of the game. So uh, you have to feel optimistic about his development. And you know Atwell couldn't even get on the field a year ago before getting injured for the season kind of lost in the shuffle again this year, even when the team was relatively healthy and Matthew Stafford was still playing. And he looks like a confident uh, impact type player when he's on the field this year. So uh, five catches for 50 yards for him on Thursday night against the Raiders. So uh, any other thoughts on this offense, Blaine? What about Cam Akers' development of late? He's played fairly well behind this, you know, offensive line that's building chemistry and rapport. Would you be comfortable with him as a running back one next year? Yeah, uh, not particularly. You know, he, I think he's been effective these last few weeks. You know, he's averaging I think four point one yards per carry since Rams have, since Rams waived Darrell Henderson. But uh, he still he lacks consistency. Uh, fumbling is still an issue. Yeah, he had the fumble against against the Raiders in the first half that just you know, absolutely killed. It was a, mom, a, mom, a momentum killing drive, and luckily the defense was able to get an interception at the end of the half to lim- to, lim- to limit the damage there. But um, that was definitely a momentum killer at the time. And uh, my hope is honestly is just that he improves his stock enough that the Rams can trade him this offseason because you know at the deadline the Rams were trying to trade him, and it didn't seem like there was a lot a lot of interest there. So hopefully, you know, if he can play well over these next four weeks, that they're the teams do maybe show a little bit of interest and then um, just go, go back and watch the receivers a little bit too. You know, you know, I love what I'm seeing from Atwell. It, it really makes me question, you know, why wasn't he on the field um, earlier, earlier in the season? Um, he, right now, I think he has 11 receptions for 237 yards and a touchdown and on three times as many receptions, Allen Robinson has 339 yards and three touchdowns and, by the end of the season, Atwell will probably have more production than, than Allen Robinson, the guy that Rams paid big money for this, this offseason as a free agent. So um, I'm, I'm really excited about Tutu Atwell's future, and hopefully he he's he earns a role going for, going forward. And then, you know, we, we talked about blowing up the, the, the backup quarterback position, and I, I kind of feel like the Rams need to blow up the running back position too. You know, I, I'm not sure if Akers is the future. Tyron Williams has played well, but I don't think he's sort of that bell cow. So um, it is it, – it's going to be a position to watch this offseason for sure. 
and maybe in the top of the second round where the Rams find themselves this year because Detroit Lions have their top five pick or what's currently a top five pick at this moment. Um, maybe you find a, a bell cow type running back that can really change the dynamic of your offense, give you a Todd Gurley type, uh, you know, reliable threat where you know he can beat you on the ground. He can beat you through the air, but he's on the field every single play and you don't know where he's going to go next. And uh, yeah, you make a great put on point on Tutu Atwell too. Uh, versus Allen Robinson. What happens if you gave all of Allen Robinson snaps to Tutu Atwell? How different would that early season offense look? And it's not really a apples to apples comparison, right? You know, Atwell, he's a very limited type player given his size. So maybe he doesn't impact as well in the running game, which struggled early on in the season, right? But also, you know, if he gets a high volume of targets, is he going to physically hold up over the course of a season? That's uh, something we haven't really seen from him. Uh, he got hurt pretty early on with limited opportunities a year ago. Uh, but every time you know he gets someone gets a firm grip on him, you just worry about the shots he's going to take and whether he can hold up uh, over time. So, uh, but he's looked explosive. He's looked great, and he's a big, probably the most explosive player that the Rams have on offense right now. So it's interesting to see where things go. But you know, let's talk about the defense a little bit because they uh, were an underrated part of that victory on Thursday night. Bobby Wagner's been you know a great leader on defense all season long. Uh, really helped this run game, this run defense, take it to the next level. Uh, He's been on fire the last two weeks, had a big game against his former team in the Seattle Seahawks, and then, you know, came up big at the third and one stop to get the ball back for the Rams offense on Thursday night. So, Blaine, I think Wagner has a $12 million cap hit in 2023. Is he on next year's roster? Um, It's definitely, I think, one of those um, decisions that the front office will need to make. I I personally think they can open up elsewhere where they can keep Wagner. Um, and like I said, he, he has that $12 million cap. And I think if they cut him, they save, I think, 7.5, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, they can potentially, I think, restructure him to open up some cap space as well. So um, just with, I think if you would have seen Wagner take a, take a dramatic step back, like most, I think, older linebackers do, then, then maybe the Rams do. Um, do cut him, and I think that's why they they structured the contract the way that they did to sort of give them some insurance like that. Um, but I mean, Wagner, I think, is Pro Football Focus's top graded top graded linebacker this season. Um, he's been a huge cog in the run game, the, a huge reason why the Rams are a top five run defense, honestly. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I do think they I do think they try to bring him back, and um, and I, I think they can move some money around elsewhere. To, to 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 make it happen, I, I think they need his leadership on on the de- on the, on the, on the defense. It's been, I think his leadership is, is one of those qualities that's kind of gone unnoticed this year, and um, he maybe has taken a bit of a step back in coverage. But I, I think where, where he, I think his leadership and his um, his uh, ability to his, his ability in the run game is, is kind of kind of um, trump trumps that. Yeah, and the Rams are really asking you to play to his strengths. You mentioned he's taking a step back in coverage and, you know, gives up a lot of completions. And that's something carrying over from his days with the Seattle Seahawks. So uh, it's happening here with the Rams, too. And really, the Rams are asking Ernest Jones to be more that sideline to sideline cover linebacker. They're not asking Wagner to do it on a play by play basis uh, anymore. So I think why not ask your best players to do what they do best? And that stopped the run for Wagner at this point in his career. Also really good inside blitzer and good pass rusher so he's had a few sacks this season too so good to see from him but as good as Wagner's been and he's been you know, over the last couple of weeks the top graded linebacker in terms of PFF grade I still find myself a little bit disappointed in the combination of Wagner and Jones in the middle of that defense uh, Blaine am I crazy does that make any sense I, ju- I just thought that maybe Raheem Morris would unlock some interesting aspects of those guys uh, really use them in in 
creative ways, unique ways, but uh, maybe it's the overall struggles on the defense, especially in the secondary and from the pass rush where you can't really unlock them to their full potential. Do you kind of get what I'm putting down? Yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying. Like, and I think, I think the last two weeks of Bobby Wagner have really kind of overshadowed what the first part of this first really, I think 10 weeks of the season were. I mean, he, he had, he has been very good in good in the run game, like I mentioned, but like, 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 like people have said, you know, he, he has kind of taken a step back in coverage. And I think, you know, had we gotten the, I think really, really the, the big, the big, the, the big impact play that he finally made this year was, 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 was last week against, against Seattle when he had that, when he had the, the interception, then he had the two sacks, you know, that's, that's when you first really, that, that was our first real Bobby Wagner game. And we, we, we hadn't gotten that up to that point. So I think these last two weeks have kind of overshadowed, um, I don't want to call it disappointed because he has been, he has been good, but as far as I guess, living up to expectations i think um the 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 last two weeks have overshadowed sort of like again i don't want to say disappointing but maybe maybe not living up to expectations those first 10 weeks yeah and it's not a fair standard to hold them to but i was really expecting maybe like a patrick willis navarro bowman type middle of defense where they're both on the field uh for three downs really making an impact playing off one another but uh, or, or know, maybe you, not a fair you, expectation. You, you, you even look at what you even look at what Fred Warner does with with the 49ers. Now he completely takes away the middle of the field. You know, I I I, I don't remember the, the stat exactly, but I, I, he I, I I from an EPA standpoint, when quarterbacks target the target the middle of the field, on average their EPA is Daniel Jones. Like he turns quarterbacks into Daniel Jones when they target the middle of the field. Like that's Fred Warner's impact and um that, that that is kind of what i what i was kind of hoping for with wagner and he, and he hasn't he's been good but he, just, he hasn't been that that's fair and my complaint really isn't on wagner individually or jones individually i think it's just i was expecting more out of the combination and them playing off each other and how are he morris tapped into various aspects of their game maybe we see in 2023 with the healthy defense and of of aggressive pass rush and maybe more upgrades in the secondary especially at second corner uh, you really unlock those guys together and uh, that helps take the defense to the next level but while we're on the linebacker position let's jump to the outside talk about Michael Hoyt who came to the NFL as an interior defensive lineman an undrafted free agent for the Rams been with them for several years now but you know over the last three weeks uh, since the Kansas City Chiefs game I believe he's rotated in, at the edge position really impressed for the first two games. Maybe the Raiders bested him, took advantage of him a little bit in run defense last week, especially on the boundary. Uh, Blaine, what have you made of Hoyt's, uh, you know, involvement the last couple of weeks? I think it's been awesome. Like, why, why wasn't he, why wasn't he playing on the edge earlier this season when, you know, the, the Rams really needed an edge rusher to compliment Leonard, Le, Le, to compliment Le, Leonard Floyd. Um you know, I, I think his ceiling is sort of a, a better version of Morgan Fox. You know, I think he's clearly coachable. You, you, you don't see all interior defensive linemen moving moving to the edge. He just started the position a few weeks ago. You know, you kind of saw him get beat on. The Raiders kind of exploit him um, running towards the edge. And he, he lost contain a little bit. So they they, they threw in um, Kerry Thomas and Daniel Hardy Hardy there to, um, to to put a stop to that. But I think if you get him a full offseason at edge and – um, and I, I and I don't know if he makes those same mistakes. You know, I I don't know if he's a permanent um, solution there at, at at edge. But can he be, you know, a, a rotational player? I, I think for sure. I, I like he. I think he can be a be- like I said, a better version of what Morgan Fox was a couple of years ago. Yeah, and a rotational edge player is still a very important piece of your defense, uh, just because you know that's such one of the most important positions on all your on your entire football team. So uh, whether or not the Rams move on from Leonard Floyd this season. They have already have one edge rush position they need to upgrade. 
you move on from Floyd. Now you have two. Those are expensive positions to replace uh, players to find. It's going to take either a high price free agent, uh, an expensive trade or a premium draft pick in order to find those guys. And you might be in the market for two. So maybe Hoyt is a starter just because the Rams don't have the resources to find someone else. And maybe they can find it as a on a circumstantial basis, put in a better run defender on early downs, maybe take advantage of Hoyt as a pass rusher on those obvious passing situations. But, uh, you know, I think he's been pretty impressive. He has a, a big time motor and willing to make, t- he is running down ball carriers, you know, 10 yards down the field. So he has a lot of speed. And I've, I've been really impressed by him in that regard. Uh, Sean McVay mentioned on the Raiders final offensive possession, uh, the one, but well, not the one that was intercepted, but the one where the as third and one, they got the ball back on second down. You know, Sean McVay mentioned that Hoyt made a effort type play to chase down the ball carrier and tackle him for a nine yard gain instead of allowing him to get the first down. So if the Raiders get the first down in that situation, it's probably game over. They get a new set of downs, but instead Hoyt forced third and one where, you know, Bobby Wagner was able to make the stop, I think with Marquise Copeland too. So just, you don't, the very underrated play in that regard, not something we're talking about. And then he also hit Carr on the final Raiders offensive play of the game to help Taylor out come with that interception. So uh, really big-time plays by him, especially as a pass rusher. Want to see if he can improve on the edge as a run defender and make sure he keeps that contained. So something to monitor moving forward, certainly. And, you know, we're talking about the defensive line here still. Uh, I think of an important free agent decision that the Rams had to make this year with, you know, contracts expiring, guys hitting unrestricted free agency are Greg Gaines and Ashawn Robinson. Robinson, of course, you know, he's been out since the Saints game with a knee injury, tearing his meniscus. Gaines is still being involved. He's played well even without Aaron Donald. So he also hit Derek Carr to force the Ernest Jones interception. So I think he deserves some credit in that regard on the goal line. So that's pretty exciting for him. But, you know, both their contracts are up. Uh, Maybe Robinson's more expensive as a veteran. He's still pretty young. He's only 27 years old despite playing the league six years. But, Blaine, do you have any preference on who you'd like the Rams to keep? Maybe one, maybe both, maybe neither uh, in free agency this year? Uh, I would probably lean, lean um, Greg Gaines just because he's younger. I mean, he mentioned Asian Robinson isn't um, isn't old by, by any means, but he, he he does have a lot more weight on him than than, than Gaines does. Uh, Gaines, like you said, he, he played well that well last week. Had the, had the hit on Carr that kind of caused the, the the interception by Ernest Jones there in in the um in the in, in, in the end zone. And but quite honestly, you know, like I I, I prefer Gaines, but I wouldn't be shocked if they move on from both players um they've they, they they've developed bobby bobby brown here the last couple of years um they'll have a decent amount of draft picks l- later on where you can find decent nose tackles um so i, I wouldn't be surprised if they move, move on from both players but if they do ha- if they would if they do have to keep one I, I i would probably prefer gains he's really he's really stepped up and kind of um you know they, they lost sebastian just joseph day a couple of years ago and um and uh yeah, Gaines, Gaines has really stepped up, stepped up this year as sort of that main guy. Yeah, it's fun to watch Gaines move, especially for a guy his size. So uh, he's really fast, able to chase down quarterbacks whenever he breaks through into the backfield. So uh, some of my favorite, you know, one of my favorite players to watch in that kind of situation. So maybe he has a little bit more juice as a pass rusher, Nashawn Robinson. But as you mentioned, you know, the Rams have a lot of depth and they moved on from Sebastian Joseph Day a year ago when he went to sign with the Crosstown Los Angeles Chargers to join Brandon Staley in that defense. So you're right. Maybe the Rams decide to move on from both. It'd be interesting. You have Bobby Brown, as you mentioned, Ernest Brown, who you've also drafted the round after Bobby Brown in 2021. And, you know, you also have some younger guys like Jonah Williams, Marquise Copeland, 
uh, you can plug in there too. So, and you just uh, claimed a guy on waivers was a former fifth round pick in 2020, started five games for the Tennessee Titans. So something to watch out for, certainly. Um, but Blaine, over these final four games, which young players are you kind of keeping your eye on? Is it some of the rookies that were drafted this year? Is it someone who hasn't really been on the field much that you'd like to see on the field in, in place of maybe someone who has an expiring contract? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I'm I'm keeping an eye on the rookies. I, I'm watching Kobe Durant for sure. He's made plays in the last few weeks and he's getting more of a run. I don't think Darian Kendrick played a single snap last week, which I think is, was to the delight of most Rams fans uh, because he's done, he's had a rough a rough run the last couple of weeks. So um, really happy Durant is, is 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 getting some experience. He he has some size concerns coming out of college, but he's done well and generally he can be a fit in the system. Um, Russ East is a guy that I'm watching as well. You know what what he's he's gotten some more time the last couple of weeks and you know the Rams are potentially losing both safeties this offseason with Taylor Rapp and Nick Scott set to hit set to hit free agency. And so that, that'll open us open up a spot for a guy like East next year. So I, th- I think it's, it's, it'll be really, really interesting to see what he does over these next next four games. But um, you know, I, I kind of want to get your thoughts here on, you know, what's your thought, thoughts on the, on the, on Robert, on the Robert Rochelle situ- situation, because, you know, he, he's, he's playing on special teams, but you, you got guys like Darian Kendrick getting, getting the run over him. And this is the guy that the Rams, I think had high hopes for. When, when, when he was drafted, I think was it in the fourth round? Yeah, I mean, I think he's absolutely the type of corner that you draft in the fourth round. Uh, even if he hasn't worked out to this point, I think going back, that's I'd make the same decision 99 times out of 100 just because your division rival, Seattle Seahawks, drafted a, a very similar type player in Tariq Woolen, and he's had you know, six or so interceptions this year, been a big-time player for them. But whenever you get those height, weight, speed guys, uh, they, maybe a raw developmental football prospects, you know, just teach him how to play football. And, you know, you're seeing maybe he doesn't necessarily know he's not the most fine-tuned technician, but you're seeing him make an impact on special teams. That usually bodes well for also learning the ropes on defense and making an impact there as well. I just would like to see him on the field. And, yeah, you mentioned Kobe Durant. He's an he's an improvement over Darion Kendrick in terms of coverage. He struggles at time with tackling, but I wouldn't mind just seeing Rochelle out there uh, over someone like David Long. I don't think there's any reason to see – when long set for free agency this year, any reason to see him on the field, we know what he is. He's given up some of the most backbreaking plays on defense all season long on a consistent basis. Um, you know, Troy Hill's also a free agent. He has two voyagers on his contract. You know what you have in him. And maybe it's not fair to him to put him on the sidelines whenever, you know, your NFL career is such a short lifespan, but you have to do what's best for the future of the team. And maybe you can retain Hill for a cheaper contract, but just keep the, the miles off his tires give these younger guys some run and see what you have in Robert Rochelle, because maybe that prevents you from signing a guy for $45 million as an insurance policy and free agency, you know, in that second or third tier of the unrestricted free agency. And, or maybe not, or maybe you just need to know that you need to, you need to cut bait or just, you just have a special teams type player in Rochelle, but how do you know unless he's on the field? Yeah, that, 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 that's exactly it. We, we just we, we haven't seen a lot of a, a lot of him this year really at all, except for except for on special teams. It'd be, it'd be great to see him over the, a little bit over these next four games to see you know what he does bring to the table. Because like you say, you know we 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 know what David Long does, and um you know we we know what Troy Hill what Troy Hill does, and uh, Troy Hill has been good in moments this year, but I don't think there's really. I don't think there's a future for, for David Long on this team in 2023. While Rochelle will will will, will likely be on the be on the 2023 roster, so why not give him experience now when um, kind of get the opportunities there? Yeah. So the, the Rams have a laundry list of needs this off season, uh, from backup quarterback to running back, like you said, 
you know, edge rushers well documented, and they probably need reinforcements on the secondary too. So with limited draft capital and, and limited salary cap space, it's going to be interesting to see how the team navigates it. But maybe a fun type question uh, as we move into the offseason and, and talk about other Rams topics. Um, if the Rams still had their the top five pick that's headed to the Detroit Lions, what position would you look at? Are there any individual players that come to mind that you think would help the team next year? Yeah, I, I'd go, I think, edge rusher for sure. It's, it's honestly going to kill me the Rams. Some people draft Will Anderson out of Alabama. Um, he would have been a, just that perfect compliment that the Rams have been looking for, opposite of Leonard Floyd, just explosive. I think he's averaging, I think, over a sack a game or something like that. Um, but just just to kind of ruffle the feathers a little bit, I think QB would be interesting too. Like I think it would have been cool, you know, if the Rams had like CJ Stroud or something and had him sit behind Matthew Stafford for a year and um, and have him take over the reins um, in 2024. But yeah, I, I think uh, not not being able to draft Will, Will Anderson is going to be the one that the one that hurts me. Yeah, and finding those edge players are tough. You only like Leonard Floyd is a top ten draft pick, and you're just looking for that that unique blend of athleticism and skill that you only find in the in the top of the draft where, you know, maybe in the later rounds you're finding guys that are good athletes, but raw football players or good football players that aren't very good athletes are very limited in that regard. And uh, it makes it hard to come by those guys. And the Rams really have the work cut out in finding the next one. But I agree with you on quarterback, honestly, and it would ruffle the feathers. But it, it maybe even in the second round, it's time for the Rams to find that developmental guy uh, just based on, you know, the elbow, the concussions, the spinal cord contusion from Matthew Stafford. You at least need a guy that can step in in the short term, if not have an opportunity to, to be the heir apparent moving forward as well. I'd even throw out a corner that would be interesting with that top five pick where, you know, it's no coincidence that Jalen Ramsey's best season came in 2020 when Darius Williams was playing like a true cornerback number two. I think the Rams just sometimes ask too much of him, and that's really why he struggled at, at times. And asking him to be this high-volume, uh, targeted player on defense – I think also makes quarterbacks less afraid of him in kind of a backwards way. So if you had a cornerback that is a true equal or almost equal threat to Ramsey on that defense, uh, it could really help take this pass coverage to the next level. Maybe you don't have to play that soft shell coverage. You can really get after quarterbacks and, you know, bump and run these wide receivers. Um, but, you know, who knows? Maybe the Rams, that isn't a priority for the Rams. Maybe it is. And we're going to find out, you know, after these next four games or the off uh, the offseason has truly started. But, um, yeah. Blaine, what are your thoughts on maybe the coaching staff changes? I know uh, here we have uh, Rashad Samples, the running back coach, leaving for college. Uh, Liam Cohen also maybe going back to Kentucky, though nothing's official. Uh, Maybe John Wolford isn't suited for a backup quarterback role and taking up a roster spot. Do you think he might be a good offensive assistant? Where do you think uh, about these coordinators? Will they be retained, and where did the team go from here? Yeah, I, I I think it's, it's going to be interesting an interesting situation to to to, to watch. Like you said, Rashad Samples is already got, already pretty much gone. Um, Liam Cohen, there, there's there's rumors that he's 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 accepted a job to to return to Kentucky. And if that's the case, I, I wouldn't be shocked if you know I think Thomas Brown may be in consideration for that. Zach Robinson, I think makes the most sense in my opinion. Um, just just with with how McFay has sort of promoted within in the in the past. Um, but I, I think bringing on Wolford is, is sort of is to kind of maybe fill in Zach Robinson's spot would be a perfect that, that perfect transition from you, you know I I I, I I, I know John Wolford knows this offense. He, if, if, if he didn't know the offense front and back, he likely wouldn't be on be on the roster. I think I think he'd be a, a really good assistant and 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 good coach and someone that McVay would like to have um, as a part of his as a part of his offensive staff. 
I think uh, d- defensively, I think is interesting. Um, personally, I personally I would keep Raheem Morris. I know that's probably not the popular take among Rams fan base, but personally, I would keep him. I think he's done a nice job with um, what he's had to work with this year on on the defensive side of the ball, and obviously he got defense played at a really high level at the end of last season on 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 their Super Bowl run. So. Um, yeah, I, I I I think there's gonna be a lot of changes, a lot of changes on the, a lot of changes on the offensive staff, and uh, I, I hope I, I think that there will be some on the on the defensive side, but I don't think it's gonna be at the um at the at the main defensive coordinator position like some fans I think are hoping for. Yeah, and I think an underrated storyline from last offseason is how late the Rams were to fill out their coaching staff, especially because we're in the Super Bowl. The Bengals are the only team in that situation where you're playing two weeks after everyone else is done. And that's when the head coaching hires happen. That's when the staffs get filled out. And then you lose Kevin O'Connell, not just Kevin O'Connell, but Wes Phillips too. They go to the Minnesota Vikings and you're left with kind of the, the bottom of the barrel type type picks and selections on your staff. So maybe if your offseason starts early, it's a little bit of a blessing in disguise where you can, you can have the first pick in terms of coaching staff. Whenever these guys, you know, have the pick of the litter, whenever these guys start shuffling elsewhere and, Maybe there's Sean McVay's been a coach long enough for his coaching trees growing that some of these guys might lose jobs and come back for a second stint at some point. So uh, maybe that's possible for someone like Brandon Staley if Raheem Morris gets a head coaching job too. So, but you know, probably unlikely, but worth mentioning, I think. But definitely, I agree that you know there's a long list of these backup quarterbacks that maybe didn't have the the physical skill set to play in the NFL, but they mentally are attuned for it. And, you know, Kevin O'Connell's an example. Austin Davis, the former Rams quarterback, went on to coach with the Seahawks. And, you know, he's a private quarterback coach now. And, you know, there's a lot of these guys out there. And, you know, Wolford, definitely the urgency that he brings, the, me- the mental acumen, and just the preparation, uh, I think, just has the markings of an NFL coach. And it's going to be interesting to watch where his career follows, uh, because it's probably not as a backup for the Los Angeles Rams. And that's okay. So, we're headed on to Monday Night Football. It's the Rams' second straight primetime football game. We're headed to Lambeau Field in Green Bay, where the temperatures are looking to be in the single digits. It's going to be frigid. Uh, Blaine, what are your early thoughts on the Packers, just really quick? Um, yeah, yeah, the Rams don't have a good record in Lambeau Field after the month of November. Um, I think I think they haven't won there after November since, I think, the 70s, if I remember right. Um so I, it, 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 it's going to be interesting because the, the Packers haven't been as good this year. Um, they 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 they're also sitting with 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 just four wins. So, um, but yeah, I think I think the the Rams last couple of years have just gotten really unlucky. You know, they played Green Bay in Green Bay last year in 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 late November, and then uh, the year before they played the divisional round of, play, of the playoffs in Green Bay. So they, they've, they've kind of gotten unlucky here with, with 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 the Packers and playing them in Lambeau Field, but um, you know with with how the Packers are playing, I I think they have a shot. Um, but it, it'll be interesting to see you know what 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 Baker Mayfield can do with a full an actual full week of practice rather than uh, forty hours. Yeah, and that Packers defense looked absolutely scary at the start of the season. Uh, maybe they've come down to earth a little bit. Lost guys like Rashawn Gary for the season, um, but that that defensive unit was supposed to carry them. And maybe they, if they took a step back on the offense trying to acclimate these younger receivers. Uh, the defense is going to fill in the gaps, and it just hasn't. And really, this offense took probably a bigger step back than people were expecting as well. Uh, so maybe maybe Rodgers can work with these younger receivers, or maybe the Rams' younger corners uh, come out on top of this one. So it's going to be interesting to watch. But one last interesting question, because I know there's been a lot of them today. But which quarterback would you rather have for 2023? 
Matthew Stafford, Aaron Rodgers, or maybe Jordan Love? Um, I think yeah, I, I think I'll, I'll, I would probably go with Aaron Rodgers. I think he is still there from a from from an, from an arm standpoint. Like his arm hasn't dropped off at all, like a, like Peyton Manning's did at the end of his career. I think you know his issues this year have just been you know they, they've really dealt with a lot of um they've dealt with some offensive line issues. David Bakhtiari, um, he he, he had that knee injury carry over to, to to this year, which really hurt that left side of the offensive line. Um, they've they they. They 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 did draft Christian Watson um, in the second round, but you know he definitely wasn't just a guy that you could plug and play right away. And you know you have seen the last couple of weeks him 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 step step up and him and Rogers connect a little bit. So I think you know I would probably take Rogers next year, give him a, rece- a receiving core that he's com- comfortable with, and um and 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 go from there. I think there's a lot of uncertainty when it comes to Matthew Stafford and his and his injuries. I don't think a, a back injury is anything to really ignore by by any means. And then Jordan Love is just a complete unknown. Yeah, it's hard to take love of either one of those guys, right? Based on what we've seen and how each team has their team, you know, teams competitive each year. So uh, it's hard to hard to take Stafford over Rodgers too, just because uh, who's there's only a handful of quarterbacks better than Rodgers over the last several years, and uh, he's really taken a step for, uh, his career forward, working with Matt Lafleur uh, after that McCarthy offense asked so much of him year in and year out and put so much weight on his shoulders. So um, you know, seeing Rodgers and McVay would be a match made in heaven. It'd be a lot of fun, but. Uh, just always fun, maybe a fun hypothetical, right? But, you know, the, can the Rams keep their streak going with Baker Mayfield and come up with their second consecutive win and, you know, really close out the season strong despite struggling earlier in the year? Uh, it remains to be seen, but uh, check back this weekend for last-minute thoughts. And, you know, we'll be back for the post-game reaction with myself, Kenneth Arthur, and Chris Daniel. So make sure you subscribe to Tertio Times, the podcast, so you never miss a single episode. And make sure you check out all the great content that people are writing on the website this week. Blaine, you've had some great pieces and anything to look out for you this from you this weekend or maybe after the game? Um, yeah, I'll have a, a, a preview article before before the game as well as like as well as keys to victory. So uh, yeah, keep 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 a look keep a lookout for that on the on, on the site for sure. Awesome. Well, thanks everyone. Uh, we'll see you this weekend for last minute thoughts and after the game with the instant reaction.